0: Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing it. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org. One of the greatest opportunities that we have in our lives is to really learn and grow through experience, and that experience comes from trying and failing sometimes, but just trying, getting out and getting out into the workforce when it comes to the culinary industry and seeing where it is that you fit, what it is you like to do, what you want to do, maybe trying some things you never thought you would do. Our guest today is someone who's done that. Chef Michael Roddy is a good friend of mine, someone that I've worked with over the years that have come to know as an innovator, a disruptor, and someone who is willing to take a chance and do things that are maybe a little bit out of the ordinary. Let's just say that it's a good thing he knew what he was doing and what he wanted to do early because he's needed that time to be able to do everything that he's done.
1: I, I was fortunate enough to find my calling early in life. So at 12 years old, I started to bus tables and wash dishes. And that's really uh, what kick-started me into the industry. Uh, through that point, I just started doing basic food prep at the same establishment. And then when it came time for high school, went into vocational training for food service. And then after graduation, went into culinary school. And as I said, really found my calling early and haven't Unfortunately, well, fortunately enough, haven't had to to look back. You know, I've had one little whenever I was working in uh, resorts industry. One summer I worked outside of the outside of food service just to be outdoors and enjoy the wonderful mountains of Utah. However, aside from that, my my whole entire life I've spent um, in the food service industry and working throughout various capacities within the industry.
0: What do you want to go back and tell your 12 year old self? I think at 12 years old, I didn't know anything
1: <laughs> about anything. <clears throat> you know, but at the same time, when you're 12 years old, you think you know everything about everything. So, you know, I, the the big thing that I learned, you know, at that young, even preteen age, and and you know, through through my upbringing and and where I come from in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I needed to work for everything that I wanted. You know, nothing was being handed to me. I had to get out there and grind. You know, I was working during the summer vacation between sixth and seventh grade. Um, this is where a lot of people's eyebrows might perk up and say, well, what about child labor laws? You know, it's it's one of those things where you have an opportunity. Uh, the operation that my father was working at and, you know, I went in, and, as I said, was a, a young kid learning the ins and outs. Um, didn't know that that was going to be my path at that time, but learning how to bus tables, interact with people, wash dishes, you know, learning standards at that time, you know, how, uh, you don't, you're not cutting corners and and just getting through the job. You know, we were at the time, especially as a young kid, you know, using piping hot water, you know, using bleach in in your wash, in your wash waters, you know, to, to make sure that you were upholding standards, you know, even though it was a a sort of a greasy spoon or a diner that it was, you know, we catered to uh, the business folks for their, for their lunch business was the primary draw of what we were doing. So, learning what it took to to, to, to make a dollar learning uh, how to successfully engage and be part of the food service industry you know at that time was uh, to me now invaluable because I still even even through being a culinary educator I still reflect back onto those experiences and and things I learned uh, things that still resonate with me um, at any given time but also during uh, you know particularly engagements or, you know, uh, lessons being taught, whatever it might be, you know, those things as, as you know, chef, that those are the things that put it, make an imprint on us and, and stay with us, you know, uh, through our lives.
0: So here you go learning these life lessons on the East coast growing up and your so-called greasy spoon that you were talking about to, uh, working in resorts and things and eventually going out West, like way out West, Alaska out west. Tell us a little bit about that, how that came to be.
1: Uh, I, I mentioned working in resorts, you know, I was uh, uh, followed a, a small ski career for about 10 years uh, working working in Utah, chasing the greatest snow on earth. But after I, I hit my early 30s and those young those young skiers and their 20-somethings that were, were doing things that I wasn't willing to do, I found that my quote-unquote ski career was pretty well washed up and uh, uh, wasn't willing to put myself out there the way they were uh, and was really Really at a crossroads in life. I had my associate's degree in culinary arts, but you know, internally I knew I, I wanted to do more within the industry, and I, I also knew that I felt, anyway, in order to do that successfully, I needed to start to validate. Um, my, my life's experiences and, and part of that was going back to college and you know at the time being sort of a, a retired or washed up ski high tech ski bum is what I called myself um, I, I've didn't have the the wherewithal and the funds to do that so I ended up just by by happenstance, you know, flipping through I think our city weekly there in Salt Lake City and found uh, a large double page ad for uh, the Air Force National Guard and I ended up enlisting in the Air Force National Guard um and spent my 33rd birthday in basic training. So that's a whole nother interesting chapter of life but that was really my segue into uh completing education, you know, going into the military for a GI Bill and benefits to to help me get more uh, academic credentialing going on and, and accomplish some educational goals, which that was then the springboard into moving into education. So I went from Salt Lake City uh, Air National Guard, transferred to the ne- Nebraska Air National Guard, actually the Utah National Guard, transferred to the Nebraska National Guard and started my starting my teaching career there with. A short little stint of working in corrections uh, for for about a year behind the walls. Uh, again, another little interesting story, but but that was part of what got me exposed and into education because I, I had some common ground with some folks that um, had had done some educational work with within the walls uh, in Colorado and you know reaching out for contacts on certification. And moving forward on that, got my foot in the teaching door. So to, to really get into the root of your question, I, I moved from four years as a community college educator in at Metropolitan Community College in Omaha Nebraska um, after I completed a, a round of certification with the ACF and at the time DMA um, as well as completing you know numerous degrees um, the the ceiling I, I, I Really had recognized the ceiling uh, within the educational tution, institution I was at at the time, and explored opportunities around the country. Which, uh, through a, a few that I had entertained, led me to Alaska. You know, the uh, University of Alaska in Fairbanks has a has had a community and technical college arm, which was more the the. Uh, Community college side, if you will. They don't officially have a community college, but the community and technical college was who was uh, granting the associate's degrees uh, and then moving moving students into the, the university. Quite an experience. So I arrived there as the department chair for culinary arts and hospitality with the initiative to uh, align the educational goals and outcomes of the culinary program toward. ACF, EF, the Educational Foundation of the American Culinary Federation arm to accredit the program. So through my through my four years there, we had moved uh, toward accreditation and got everything in line. But unfortunately, uh, the, the year after I came on board, our leadership had changed. And with the interesting dynamics of Alaska, we had a hard time filling that at the time director, which then turned into a dean position. So there was just a sort of a lot of unknowing. And ultimately, when the uh, appointed leadership came into place, the, the the goals of the program were not in the line with why I had arrived there. So accreditation was no longer of interest to them. So we had um, amicably parted ways, and I, and I chose to come back down to the lower 48. But the experience in Alaska was, was all in all, uh, was great. You know, the, the people the hospitality, you know, the willingness to help one another just because of the the extreme and harsh conditions. Uh it's it's things that you don't see all over the place. You know, a, a lot of times we drive around our, our own cities. And if somebody's broke down, you know, you're one doesn't even think about stopping to to assist or aid, lend aid. Um, they just assume that, you know, they've already made the call or, or whatever the case may be. Life's too, life's too busy. I don't have time. I'm scared. Whatever it might be. Where in Alaska, if something happens, if you're on the side of the road, you um, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if a few cars went by before somebody stopped. So how everybody helps to look out for one another, you know, somewhat like you see on some of the some of the reality shows that are out there. You know, there is some <clears throat> there is some truth to that, because, you know, at, at any time, any one of us could have needed aid uh, in, in extreme conditions or needed gas or help with a flat tire. And, you know, being being in that situation, any anybody was pretty much willing to to reach their arm out, extend themselves and lend aid. So it was really great. You know, I still have um, still have students that I remain in touch with um, from both educational institutions, but it's just really nice that uh, whenever I did go back there, I had done some work on the, um, everybody's probably heard of the, uh, I did a rod, served food to the mushers and handlers on one of the checkpoints. And I had went back the year after I had had left Alaska and just the warm homecoming was was incredible you know we we all there was a big dinner organized a bunch of us went out you know students and parents you know it, it was just really nice just because the way the way my situation rolled out at the college wasn't great um And it was nice to see that regardless of what happened sort of within the institution and how we, you know, amicably separated ways, you know, there was still a great, um, what I feel was a great level of respect for what I had helped to do with the program, Uh, the level of professionalism I had brought to it, the amount of uh, recognition that I had helped to instill in it while while I was leading leading the helm in the community, it it was really nice that the uh, um, the, the reception, you know, again, with the, the, the hands out, ready for me to come back and, and welcoming me back, you know, is just very comforting. So it's an experience that... I'll never forget, you know, which afforded me to do other things while I was up there, like working on cruise ships, uh, going around and doing various chefs at the market uh, during the summertime, and being able to to cook with uh, much of the local produce that the that the farmers were bringing out to the markets. Just many different things that I was able to do while I was there, you know, (laughs) visiting glaciers, swimming in glacial lakes, uh, fishing for halibut, you know, just sort of on and on and on. It was it was a great experience overall in in the four short years that I was there.
0: So here you go. You've got all these amazing experiences being an educator, uh, a former ski pro, (laughs) and now you dive into something completely different. You dive into the world of consulting. What was that transition like? Um, Well, my my venture
1: into consulting was sort of, I mean, it, it wasn't designed. It was... Um, to an extent out of necessity and, and i 'll explain why so whenever I had separated ways with the with the college still residing in Alaska, um, at the time I was on the board of directors for the uh, hf associate or i 'm sorry the ANFP, Association of Nutrition and Food Service Professionals. And in order to remain a board member, you need to be gainfully employed within the industry. So I was 30 days away from being removed from my position, which was, to me, quite interesting. Um, So at the time, I was working with our local co-op that had just uh, started to renovate an old grocery store space. So I was employed. I was a contract worker, uh, lending aid to them, helping to develop recipes, you know, put in little kitchen spaces and and help them um, navigate their way within the food service side of the operation. And my response to the the director at the time, I said, well, I am working like I'm doing contract work. I don't have a a paycheck per se uh, coming through payroll from somebody, but I am working. So doesn't that count? And he said, well, you know, if if you're, if you have a business, then yes, it counts. So I right away went, set up my business, uh, gastronomic services and consulting. And that sort of started me on my path. So I had done this little work with with our local co-op. I had had developed over the years a great network. You know, living all around the country and engaging with various professional organizations, I had had a, had a great Rolodex, if you will, of folks that I that I knew all around. So I had a great network in which to help me uh, find find avenues and, and help me to apply my expertise, and. I attended the NRA, was down there doing some some uh, cold calling uh, just as I would at the snow shows in Salt Lake City. So I was able to really from, from marketing myself as a skier, you know, some almost... T- ten, 10 or more years ago I had tapped into that and I, I knew how to engage I knew how to promote myself you know I had no problem uh, approaching approaching folks um, you know and introducing myself and letting them know what I can do for them so it was one of those things where <clears throat> I had found the opportunity to work with uh, one of the food vendors uh, food food manufacturers I should say at the NRA show and it sort of turned into a, a, a working in Interview because I was then retained to to serve as their figurehead and, and corporate chef, you know, within their within their food service side of their division. Um, so that happened by contacts. That happened because I was actively engaged with professional organizations. Uh, there was a lady that was employed with uh, with the the egg company at the time that got my foot in the door, introduced me to marketing, and it was really an an somewhat organic evolution because again it wasn't my uh, i didn't step out to say oh i want to be a consultant but whenever i did do that uh, let, let me take one step back to say well as I was able to have a little bit of time to, to sit back, reflect, you know, really look at my resume, look at my track records of how how I like to operate, how I embrace change, uh, really enjoy change, you know, living all over the country, uh with with such a diverse resume, you know, it, it showed me that I mean, not that I can't hold a full time job. However, you know, I I get a little antsy. I'm ready for change. You know, it's about four years, five years. I'm I'm ready to do something different, um, and and seeing that, I thought, wow, well. As a consultant, that allows me to tap into my experiences. Everything from being a personal chef, a sushi roller, a pastry chef, resorts, uh, catering, TV, movie catering, you know, remote catering, uh, working in the bush, you know, being an educator. Oh gosh, and and I'm sure there's another handful more that you know corrections that that these things that just slip my mind. You know, working aboard the uh, American Ring Express, a luxury train. You you know, there's all these different experiences that I thought, wow. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of chefs that work in the same establishment for 20 years and move their way up, which is great and admirable. And I'm, I'm not you know, casting any stones in that direction. But my my path has been, uh, you know, I, I think somewhat unique in comparison to, to many others' paths. So I, I looked at consulting as a way to. Not fall into same old, same old, to be able to tap into my experiences, get out there, use my networking to promote myself, use my connections to help help me find gigs, get my foot in the door. I always told people, all I need is an interview. Like if I just get a foot in the door, you know, get me one step in, and my my actions, skills, and abilities can then start to speak for themselves. Um, so that's really what led me into consulting. <clears throat> and, you know, as uh, uh, I don't know if I'm surprised that it lasted so long, <clears throat> excuse me, but five and a half years being independent was was really a, a, a super fun run. As you said, Chef, I, I traveled the country. You know, people said, what do you do? I said, I chase paychecks around the country. <laughs> I'm, I'm running from corner to corner, from state to state, uh, Doing my next show, doing my next presentations, doing my next educational uh, seminars, teaching my next class, uh, whatever it might have been, and it was uh, wasn't in one place. So, so that uh, coupled with how I I had sort of been operating throughout my career was a great thing for me. Um, so, you know, what I learned from that was it's a grind, it's tough, even though I was a member of ACF throughout three of our four regions lived from coast to coast, um, new people all over, uh, throughout various, uh, parts of our, of our industry. It was tough. You know, there's sometimes you find great opportunities. You run upon great people. You run into great people. Chef, that's how you and I, that's how our paths crossed. You know, you didn't, you didn't know me for much aside from an introduction and, you know, you were willing to, um, Present opportunities to me. You know, you were willing to to make introductions to help me. You know, find find another opportunity um, revenue streams. That's really what it's all about. So, you know, I, I appreciate you and how our paths came to came to cross because you know it, it doesn't always happen that way. And and again, I. Thank you for your graciousness and and willing to, willingness to to help somebody who didn't know a whole lot, but you were willing to 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 recommend me and tag your name to me, which you know I respected a lot and would would have never let do done anything to to, to tarnish your name and recommendation. So those are the type of things that you know we never know. We never know in life what's going to happen. We never know paths that we're going to cross. You know, I, I tell students that that you know people that. Students that you encounter at the Knowledge Bowl, for example, there's a very good chance that you're going to cross paths with these folks sometime throughout your career because as large as the food service industry is, it's it's the food service industry, and we never know where we're going to land, and we never know paths that we're going to cross. Uh, one prime example of that, I just did a site accreditation visit for the ACF and was reviewing the professional development forms and saw uh, – Johnson and Wales on on the on the professional development forum. and it was unique because it showed one year. It showed eighty nine ninety, and I'm like, wow, that's when I went through advanced standing, and finally then engaged with the chef and and we started to talk and, you know, just due to size of class and and how we were divided up, we didn't really know one another, but sure enough, we went through the same advanced standing at Johnson and Wales. We we knew the same circle of people. He probably even hung out at the house that I was living at for a while. And it was it was just really amazing that here some what, twenty-five years later or whatever it was, that we cross paths. So, again, those things that I, that I try to teach and, and lend nuggets of knowledge that I try to pass on to students that, you know, they, they, there is some truth in it and it's really amazing, um, you know, how how things change and and where our careers take us. But, you know, I, I know I get long-winded on my answers. There's just, there's so many pieces to my puzzle and, and I and I know everyone's puzzle is, is uh, quite diverse as well, but there was no... I'm gonna go into consulting. It wasn't at all like that, but whenever I had to do it because I wanted to retain my board position, then I just went. I, I committed to that. I started moving, um, moving on that initiative and getting things set up, starting to plant seeds, letting people know what I was doing and where I was at, and how I could help. Um, starting to then I took my took my business to the next step and incorporated gastronomic services and consulting and started to to trademark trademark parts uh, of my identity. You know, Chef Roddy is a trademark, and that's pretty much what what all my handles are. And you know that that's how I've operated up until this point, consulting was, was very fun, but at the same time, the grind was incredible. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to find my, my corporate chef, first corporate chef position that offered, that afforded me a retainer. That was what allowed me to continue on to seek out opportunities. So with that being said, one retainer allowed me to get into it and, and afforded me the wherewithal and opportunity to continue on. But at the same time, losing one key one key customer, one key account can take you out of it. So you know that that ebb and flow um, whenever you are independent, you really need to you can't rest on your laurels, one thing that happened to me, a company was bought. I lost the position because the company that purchased them, they already had a culinary team. So you never know what's going to go on. So that one purchase made me say, oh crap, I'm, you know, now one account away from not having income. So, you know, just as you think, all right, great, I got things scheduled out for three months, or I I have a calendar and I know I'm going to go Uh, I know I'm going to go to Indiana, for example, for six weeks next summer, which was one thing I did last year. You know, those opportunities don't always come around and those opportunities can easily go away. So, you know, that's one of the things that led me into 2017 um, in really looking at how – it, do I want to continue the grind in consultancy and being independent? You know, I knew I was not looking forward to having to punch a clock for one company. However, you know, there, there is some value in that to know that you have a paycheck coming through, to know that you have benefits, to know that there's a, a certain level of stability and consistency, which nothing is given. You know, anything you can lose anything in any time, which is the reality of life. You know, I. I started to really look at look at how I was doing business cuz you know married in the last couple of years you know looking at all those different things not having to travel all the time you know there's various various things that went into to decisions to 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 start to look for other opportunities on a more full-time basis so yeah, it's, it, it was really fun. But at the same time, it's work. I put in so much work trying to make sure I had an income. You know, I, I wanted to try to look at focusing those efforts in, in a more consistent place.
0: Isn't it funny how the grass is always greener in a lot of ways when we're working for somebody and we have that consistent paycheck, we think, man, I want to get out and be on my own. And then we get out on our own and holy smokes, it's challenging and we've got to just hit the ground running and we can't rest on our laurels just like you said. I I hear you. It's it's a challenge. The grass is always greener. But you know, you seem to have kind of found a niche for yourself and and something that you're really passionate about now. And I would I would preface this by saying I don't think what you're doing now is probably even on most people's radars when it comes to thinking of chefs and cooking. And on top of that, I guarantee that the way you got to this point was never on your radar you know
1: how how i got to where i am now i had been courting an opportunity with a national oven company uh long story short after nine months of courting a relationship i was brought on board full time three months later they threw in a round of layoffs and uh, during those three months that i was with the company i had now stepped away from any consulting opportunities that i had took myself off the market stepped away from retainers um Changed my whole MO, changed my whole way that I was conducting uh, my approach to income. So here I am three months later going, what just happened? Like I entered on with what I thought was a stable company that I was I was now looking at. Okay, I'm going to be I'm going to I'm going to make a run of this. I'm going to commit. I'm going to hopefully move up through the ranks, prove myself. Do all these things, still travel, which I liked. Uh, but anyways, that that wasn't meant to be. However, I think, it might have been meant to be in one context, because had that not happened, I may still be grinding as a consultant and would not have even been looking for for the next opportunity down the line. So once I took myself out of consulting and entered back into the full-time workforce, <clears throat> three months later, I'm now thinking, OK, which side of the fence am I going to jump to? Am I going to remain as a consultant and independent, or am I, I going to continue to look for full-time opportunities? And, and frankly, I was doing both, because I was sure which direction fate was going to take me. So here I am applying to um, all these positions on LinkedIn, pretty much anyone that was of interest that allowed me to say submit now, (laughs) that I didn't have to go on to a big corporate website and complete the long 10-page application that takes you half hour or 45 minutes. I didn't have that time. I didn't want to invest that type of time into finding a job. So One of the opportunities that I looked at, they were looking for a kitchen manager and they were looking for a facility manager. And that company is called NumNum Now. I applied to NumNum Now for both positions and like the next day I received a call from one of their owners. And we started talking and learning and and I sort of felt a little silly because during that conversation, I learned that they're a dog food manufacturer. And I thought, huh, okay. I didn't know I was applying to a dog food manufacturer, um, because again, I was applying to all these different jobs by title for the most part, just sort of throwing darts, seeing seeing which one would hit. Um, and we had a great discussion. Uh, so Num Num now is a a manufacturer of fresh human grade. Dog food. Uh, so there's no kibble, there's no uh, dried going on. Everything is cooked from human grade food and packaged into personalized size packages for the dogs. Um, and they're served meals, two, two meals a day, 14 meals a week. So it's a, essentially a blue apron for dogs, if you will. Um, the interesting thing about it is that it, it allows me. So I was I was being courted not as the kitchen manager. I was now being looked considered as the facility manager. So overseeing the facility encompasses production, which is the cone, the food side of things, but also all things related to warehouse operations and facility management, which we do everything all the way from receiving raw and fresh food to processing on site, cooking on site. Um, We make make our own boxes. We bag our own food by hand. We seal it in large vacuum sealers. uh, We put it into their personalized sized bins and ultimately do a full pack day where we pack up the meals for the dogs and Ship them out through three different carriers. So the scope of the business is uh, is quite challenging. It allows me to still you know, exercise my my expertise in food serving, you know, as their as their corporate chef because we are doing a, a great deal of R and D. Uh, we do have to continually refine our recipes uh, due to to product availability because we're doing large volumes of food. We're doing through one cook in three days, we're putting out 15,000 pounds of food. Uh, Right now on a weekly basis, we're putting out through two different cooks. uh, Just because we've just now launched a second cook two weeks ago, we are now putting out in excess of 20,000 pounds of food. And um, we are, we're growing like crazy that it's, it's, it's amazing. Whenever I, whenever I joined the, joined the team, you know, it's been now just two and a half months when I joined the team, uh, we've yet, we had yet to eclipse 10,000 pounds. And now, you know, in, in about, you know, pushing three months, we're literally doing like almost double that. <clears throat> it's amazing. So the growth is spectacular the The challenge for me is most welcomed because um, I, I love a challenge. You know, I, I love putting my name on something and being able to do my part and and lead a team to produce quality results. And the challenges, you know, from the operations side is 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 a big deal you know we have uh, a lot of folks we have over 60 employees between the production kitchen and the operation side of things and excuse me it's never a dull moment where there's Always something happening. Uh, the, whenever we implement a system, the system that works for next week might not work next month or even two weeks from now just because of the, the scale of growth that, that we're recognizing right now. It's, it's
0: just incredible. What's really interesting to me is the fact that I think most people out there, especially nowadays, recognize the need for a service like this um, because their, their pets, their animals are like their family and they want to feed them and treat them as such. Um, you know, and as as this is manufacturing, all food services essentially manufacturing. There's still even though you're feeding pets, a lot of art and science that go into this. I assume that you would agree with that. For sure, for sure. And and, and you hit on a couple of great points
1: there because you know our pets because we are not just a dog food manufacturer as of january we'll be we will be launching a, a whole cat's food segment so we are going to be a pet food manufacturer and we're all about fresh food um we are not doing doing it in vats we are cooking our all of our ingredients are cooked individually we are using combi ovens uh each each ingredient is handled and treated separately at a, at a low cooking temperature so to, as to um retain as much of the nutritional content and value as possible. We then take each of the ingredients and then mix them together. So again, no stews. uh, Our our product, when it comes out, we recognize nice color. You can see the diced sweet potatoes. You can see the pieces of mushrooms. You you can identify the tofu and the teff in the vegetarian meal, for example. So we are really looking at it just as you know when when I would present at any of my uh, to students or to any of my professional organizations that we need to invest in health at some point in our lives, um, I always try to. Reflect to people that if you invest in your health now, it's going to pay off down the road. Uh, being able to be healthy now and not have to take a pill or a shot, you know, to, to counteract some type of condition, uh, it's the same thing in animals as it is in humans. And, and it's really proven to be true that if we feed bodies, whether it be our pets, which are one of our family members, so why would you feed them any different than we do ourselves? You know, when we feed bodies good whole fresh food the result is that much better for us the result is that you have to make less vet visits or doctor visits or take less medication and just be able to really feel good you know energy levels go up you know and pets they have a, a shinier coat you know we're using um, animal grade uh, fish oils in there we have a, a special nutrient supplement that we add uh, that it, it it just really is great you know we do the same thing for ourselves you know we might take fish we I might mean, take a vitamin. Uh, we are putting that all into one, one bag per meal. That customers simply tear it open, put it into the bowl, and I don't personally have a pet, but we have grand dogs, and friends have dogs, and it's just amazing the response. You know, because <laughs> it really is the you know you get response from people in the food you feed them, but you get the same thing in animals. These guys tear it up. They love it. They leave nothing behind. They lick the bowl clean. They go play for a little while and they come back and lick the bowl some more, you know, trying to get any flavor that's left. It's it's just really, really amazing. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful I found the opportunity to be involved with such a high level tech company that is still dealing with food and is a startup. You know, we're in our third year. We're Securing, you know, it's a startup. My first experience with a startup, we are securing A level funding as startups and looking at opening a whole nother facility somewhere about the country. And we are, we're going to really start to um, make it an even larger mark on this fresh pet food industry because we're the only ones that own our own manufacturing um, and do everything from soup to nuts, uh, from cradle to grave. And it, it's very appealing to people because we're able to uh, launch new recipes, R&D recipes in-house. Instead of it going out to a third-party third, party, third party co-packer, we're doing all that in-house. Uh, so we, we have a, a big vested interest in our success and uh, on continually improving how we operate and do business. Uh, with the result of NumNumNow being in in everyone's bowl. So if anybody would like to um, look at NumNumNow, you can go see us at numnumnow.com. And if you'd like to subscribe, uh, as I said, we are a a weekly service, but we also ship on a monthly service. And there is, as soon as you get to that homepage at numnumnow.com, uh, there is an uh, offer that you put in a code and you can use the code CHEF, capital C, capital H, capital E, capital F, all caps, CHEF, and that will get you a discount, 50% discount on your first two orders. Um, so it, it's a fun thing. Uh, five different recipes to choose from, personalized to the size of your dog, and in January personalized to the size of your cat. So it's a, it's a really fun thing.
0: Well, as someone who's grown up with pets and recognizes them as more than just pets, uh, I thank you for your contributions to not only the industry, but specifically the pet industry. That's it for today. We're appreciative of Chef Michael Roddy for all of his time and effort in coming on the show today and for his expertise in feeding not only us as humans, but also our four-legged friends. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, or anyone who's interested in making food and money. And when you get a second, give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us. Info at businesschef.org. This Business Chef podcast was brought to you by the Culinary Technology Fund. To find out more about how you can make a difference in the lives of culinarians as well as creating a more sustainable food service industry, email us. Info at businesschef.org with Culinary Technology Fund in the subject line.